Welcome to the Girls in Movement podcast, where we talk to founders and influencers from across the globe. We've got quite a hot topic to discuss today with our guest, and it's great to see that uh, this individual is doing more than just building a startup. They're kind of also helping others do the same, which is really interesting. And they're kind of their breakthrough into the tech world from kind of the sectors they were working in previously is, again, kind of a great insight into the way kind of startup world is changing. Our guest today is founder of State Zero Labs, which is a blockchain lab. Um, They're using technology to tackle the world's sort of most challenging problems. And it's interesting this founder came from a non-tech background, um, but it's kind of like a driving force in this sector, which is really cool. So without further ado, I welcome Taz Golt, founder of State Zero Labs. Welcome, Tara. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. Thanks so much for joining. Um, Yeah, it's it's kind of a a pleasure to have you on the show and of course we've not actually covered this sector around kind of blockchain so it'd be really interesting to have your insight into this and kind of where this sector is going as well so to kind of kick off it'd be great for you to just kind of tell us how did it all start so before uh state labs what were you doing and kind of how did you get into this area of tech so um i've actually had quite a diverse background and probably quite unusual for someone now working in not just tech but deep tech Um, But for me, I actually originally trained as a journalist. Uh, So um, that was the first few years of my career. I founded my first business at the same time at 18 in publishing. Um, And I then went on to help a few other people do the same thing. And that was kind of my forte, the bit I loved, the very early stages, helping to conceptualize. Um, I I focused very much on brand um, marketing and strategy. So, you know, getting things off the ground. Um, And I moved into working with three different startups over a few years as one of their first team members. But then I I wanted to explore the other side of tech, the other side of um, startup growth. So I moved into the accelerator world um, where I ran, I headed up the marketing for um, an ad tech and martech accelerator uh, where we were in a couple of countries. We were working, you know, on, on the cutting edge of where that industry was going and um, that really showed me that that was the right space for me but actually that there was a real gap in the market for what we've then done for State Zero and yeah. I met co-founder Katie whilst working in the previous job and we both felt aligned in wanting to change the way of which the technology so we've started with blockchain as you know um, the way that was being used and viewed by startups and by corporates and those who would be selling but uh, buying from from them, um, but also about how startups are being treated in the investment world. And uh, our goal was really to level the playing field, and that is why we founded State Zero. Nice. And so, just a couple of points. So, give so those who don't understand, give us a bit of insight around blockchain. What is it, and kind of how is it changing and shaping the kind of tech sector today? So the the area of blockchain that State Zero Labs focuses on is uh, the use cases for business. So actually the end user won't necessarily know what technology is being used. They just care that it works and it solves a problem. And a great example of that is if you think about using Snapchat and you uh, suddenly a dog appears on your face, you have absolutely no idea what technology is using that, the majority of people. 
how that's happening. And no one really cares. It just looks cool and everyone takes selfies. Nice. And blockchain has the same power that, you know, it's an underlying technology. It actually um, doesn't affect the end user so much. And obviously, we're working with B2B um, solutions, so selling into corporates. So the best use cases for blockchain is very much around where there's a lack of trust and a need for transparency. And yeah. that's why uh, State Zero Labs is sector agnostic. So we have got uh, applications using tech for goods, solving charitable donations or corporate social responsibility, sustainable housing, uh, all the way through to the rights of remixes, improving who's using what and when and how. And what's kind of for you like the most exciting project that you're working on at the moment, I suppose? Oh, well, I'm not allowed to have favourites, of course. No, obviously. <laughs> but I really do think it's, um, I think the bread and butter of State Zero Labs is the myth-busting side of things. And I would imagine a lot more users have heard blockchain being used um, around cryptocurrency, maybe Bitcoin or Ethereum, but not so much for business. And crypto is, a, a, is one use case. And what startups are finding is that they're having to build an application on top of an application, which is where we change things. We've partnered with a company that has built a different framework. It's very much like using the cloud or AWS, but, but for blockchain, that kind of thing. Um, and they can directly build their application on top of that. So that's where we can solve real world problems. And I do think um, it's been fascinating to see the applications that we've had. The biggest percentage have been around using tech for good. And that's something that um, I do think that's a lot to do with our brand and our positioning on that. But amazing to see so many amazing startups, you know, utilizing this tech in the right way. Yeah, definitely. And I, I love the idea that you're kind of building this. I mean, when I first kind of came across State Zero Labs, it was I really got that feel that this was technology to help actual challenges which are happening across the world, which is really cool. So I bet it's I bet you get to kind of have a good insight into different startups which are really tackling kind of big problems happening globally, really, which is a kind of a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I do think that um, it's around solving the first part of a problem and creating a solution for that. So say, for instance, shipping logistics, lots of people have heard that blockchain is good for that. And of course it is. You can't solve absolutely everything in one. You have to pick an area of which to start with, which all yep. of us are doing uh, brilliantly, which in terms of appetite from corporates and those who will be using it, that's a much easier way to, you know, myth bust and stop people feeling so scared of a new technology, which actually has been around since, since the 60s and 70s. It's yeah. just packed and tell us about kind of the startup. So obviously you had you kind of started your own uh, brand when you were 18. So, I mean, I suppose what you've learned from then to where you are now is probably a significant amount. But what for you were the main kind of challenges of starting State Zero Labs? I mean, how sort of big is the team now and and how, how do you kind of deal with these challenges day to day? So our team is now six people, um, wow. including Katie and I. Um, and I think our, um, our biggest hurdle has actually been around um, being young founders and also female, but more around the age side of things and um, then tackling such a difficult industry. You know, people don't quite get what this technology can do. People don't, um, people, people just aren't aware of the business side of things as much as they are of other areas of blockchain. And so yeah. that's been, um, that has been a big hurdle for us, but actually what we have done in terms of our hiring processes around diversity and inclusion, that's a huge focus for us. 
as is wellness, you know, we offer our team PT sessions a week. Our startups do yoga twice a week. We bring nice. in nutrition experts because fundamentally we believe a healthy founder equals a healthy business and it's important that we practice what we preach as well. And so that's why we have the founder first model to then encourage more people to get into technology. Like you mentioned earlier, I'm not from a techie background, nor is my co-founder and nor are any of our team. We're business people, but you need that balance in order to make technology successful. Yeah, definitely. And so just touching on the point, um, kind of you didn't have a tech background. I think this is kind of one of the main kind of holdbacks for people who want to start in kind of the tech world. They think that, OK, I'm not a CTO or I don't even have that knowledge, so I can't do this. But actually what you need to accompany yourself is someone who has maybe that tech head on their their shoulders or something that can help you and you can kind of do the more business CEO side. But did you I mean coming into the sector you mentioned about kind of uh, being young and being female were there any particular challenges around that that you found like that you were like I can't believe this is still like an issue or you can't believe that we kind of the knowledge is an issue for example was there anything like that I actually think it was more a personal thing and I think it's important to talk about that because hopefully will inspire more people to get into this industry but it took me a long time to accept my age. I'm 25 and this is my second business. Um, and I'm now proud of the fact that I've worked hard to get to where I am now and, and yeah. that I am young. And I think it enabled me to learn quickly how to you know, adapt my skills to new environments, which is why I've had quite a diverse career. Um, and also why Katie and I were the right people to come together to found this, because we are, like I said earlier, our bread and butter is tackling industries that maybe have got a bit of a bad rep. We're trying to clear that up and, you know, educate people. And so from our diverse backgrounds, that, that gives us a much better stance in order to do that. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned just around... Um just right at the start of the conversation around you wanted to tackle how startups were being treated when it came to investment can you elaborate on kind of on that point a bit more yeah absolutely so I think um both Katie and I having worked in accelerators early stage tech for the majority of our careers um we we kept noticing well founder burnout of course we all know is an absolutely huge problem there is a real focus now on trying to change the attitude around mental health but actually, um, as an investor or a startup growth person, institution, whatever you want to call it, we have a lot of um, responsibility to look after startups. And actually, if every business comes out of every growth period with the same valuation, having given up the same amount of their business up front, it actually makes it really difficult for them follow-on funders to realize who, who should be investing, who should we not. And then it means that they're giving up so much before they've really proved what they can and can't do. So that's why with State Zero, we give free cash up front, so slightly different, we have a grant. We then look to invest in them later down the line. And of course, that's a more traditional model of taking equity or a set amount of investment. But they sit with us in our office for three months. So we can kind of do our, you know, our due diligence on each other. They can see if they like us, we can see if we like them. And then you come to an agreement together on whether you want to be business partners but going forwards um, rather than doing that up front and I think that um, that gives us a great insight to follow up other follow-on fund funders as well so we get to know personalities much better um, and, and it's just a lot fairer and that's a big thing for us on top of the, the wellness focus and of course the business program that we put our startups through yeah having the right that that's where you're going to see real scale rather than mirroring what everyone's already doing 
And yet I love that because you're kind of a young brand and it's a team of six of you, which is still in the start world, quite a big team as well. And I love that kind of wellness and your employee kind of happiness is really at kind of the centre of what you're trying to build here, because then that then goes on to uh, the brands that you're working with as well, which is clear by even just by saying having them where you're working in your office space. It's it's important and it's really good. Yeah, I I think it's... um... If it feels great, the, our relationship with them, the way that we're, the way that they can come to us as more of an equal, yeah. um, and actually something we're working on at the moment, which we'll be releasing later this year, is a wellness pledge. Cool. So we're encouraging other investors to sign up, to agree to uh, five key things, which we're, we're in the research phase now to get those right. But the premise of that is to create actionable change for investors to look after their portfolios and their startups. That's really cool. Really, really cool. Um, so just on, so I, when I was kind of reading up on yourself, Taz, so you spend a lot of time mentoring. Kind of tell us about the importance of this to you. Were you mentored or do you have a mentor at the moment? And how, how do you work with kind of other startups in, in the sense of mentoring? Yeah, good question. So I think for me, um, and the reason I got into technology is because I've always been interested in community you know, about making relationships with people and making a difference in society. And actually tech is a real enabler for that, but not a controller. Important to add. Um, And so mentoring enables me to uh, see the common pitfalls that startups often find at the same point. Um, It it means I can learn from other people as well. And, you know, we should always all be constantly learning. Um, And it means I can also... um, chat with startups that might not be within State Zero Labs cohort, but maybe something else I'm interested in or something else I don't know. Um, and I think that's a great way to just, you know, keep learning when you're not in education anymore. But actually, there's lots of people out there looking for support and we can all help each other. Yeah, definitely. And so do you have a mentor in your life, like at this stage of your career? I mean, being 25 and I assume kind of working with other startups, investors, do you have someone who kind of helps you day to day or like month to month, for example? Well, I actually don't have an official mentor right now. I would love one. Um, <laughs> it's quite a hard relationship to find, I think, Definitely. when I ask other people to, to find consistent mentors. It takes it takes time and it's got to be right for both sides. However, we do bring in around 70 mentors, a cohort for our startups. And obviously these are people across the industry. Um, and amazing people for, for us to know as our team as the whole of state zero labs that you can bounce ideas off people and, and um, help each other grow like I was saying earlier. Yeah nice and so obviously being young you started your business at 18 do you sort of have any advice for younger people who want to start a business even if it's kind of at that really early stage of I've got this idea and I want to kind of bring it to life what would you say to them? Good question um I think my biggest piece of advice would be to um, to think about your audience and your connection to them. And I think that's something that um, we can dress up with nice words like brand and mission and vision and purpose and of, of your company. And they are so important. But actually to not forget the impact and connection with humans and who you'll be selling to, even if it's tech. And I think that's a common misconception that tech will take over. We don't believe that here. We very much believe in humanity and tech and bridging that gap. And I think for startups to be successful, it's when they really understand who their customer is, exactly what their customer 
wants and then they craft what they're building for that person or people because fundamentally we are going to buy and sell from humans that's not going to disappear and I think in order to stand out from the crowd these days with so much going on in all industries but particularly in, particularly in tech that bridging that gap um, between humanity and tech is so important definitely and kind of what what are the plans for um, State Zero Labs in 2019 um, have you got any big kind of uh, ideas or big projects that you're working on? So we run two cohorts a year of six startups. Uh, so our next cohort is in September. However, we did actually take seven companies at this time, which is a, a great problem to have. Clearly, uh, <laughs> businesses are using this technology in the way that we would love to see. So we, we took in extra. Um, I mentioned earlier around our wellness pledge. So that will be launching in May, which is a, a really, really big focus for us. Um, but then aside from that, we need to continue to myth bust. We need to open up doors for startups using technology in the right way and to educate those who will be buying from, from them in the end. Um, and that's something that we very much take on our shoulders to, to educate the, uh, the impact of that. Um, we are also running a huge focus around humanity and tech. Um, and that's something we installed in our startups from day one. And we want to measure the impact of that too. And then um, the last thing, I guess, is we are currently deciding where to open the next State Zero Labs. Whether that should be um, up north is in the UK, definitely something we're thinking about. Um, or whether the next one should be somewhere else in Europe. And we are just trying to work out exactly where the right place will be for us. Um, and then finally, in the background, like I said earlier, we look to offer follow-on investment to our um, to our startups. And so right now we're doing ad hoc investments on that. But in the end, we would love to have an arm that's specifically for investment from State Zero. So that's something that um, Katie and I are working on as well. So, so all systems go. Wow, lots lots happening then, which is really cool and very exciting as well. Um, just a last kind of question, uh, which I ask all my guests, and it's around what advice would you give your younger self um, if you could talk back to them in any way? <laughs> Great question. Um, I think what I would say to my younger self was to not fret about not knowing the next step. Yeah. I've always been somebody who um, wanted to plan. I wanted to be a journalist from about 10 years old and I followed that through until I was about 21, 22 and then freaked out that I realised actually that's that's not right for me. I, I don't want to do that anymore. Um, and actually I do think that it, it took me, it's taken me until now to look back at the skills that I've learned along the way and we all do in whatever career that we're that we you follow that you can apply those in different areas it doesn't have to be exactly where you think um you think it should be so i think that would be to just relax a little bit don't put so much pressure on yourself because in, in the end you'll work out where your skills best what they're suited to yeah definitely um, it's really good advice and i think it's so true and you know like when you're talking about kind of fretting about stuff I mean we still all do it and we're like okay this is this what I kind of want to spend my time doing is this what I want to do every day and and we worry about kind of the next step when actually it's like just enjoy what's happening right now and then you can figure out the rest after and I think also just touch on your point on the skills that you learn I mean even with a startup there are challenges sort of every day and the idea of 
failure being a negative thing it should actually be turned into it's a complete positive because you will use that failure probably not to make the same mistake again but also to say okay what can we do better the next time yeah completely and I do think the whole uh, fail fast attitude it can work really well and it can also be a little dangerous to our mental health and it's getting yep. the, the right balance of that um, but I do think for you know everyone's different and to embrace that um, uh, and I, I think as a woman in tech as well I would say that you you don't need to conform you just need to be yeah and to own and, and not you don't need to mirror what other people are doing if, if you know see see if your convictions are correct and, and go go on from there I love that. You don't need to conform. You just need to be. That's great advice. Um, thank you so much, Taz. And thank you for everyone who's listening. So I'll upload this to kind of iTunes so you can catch this um, on podcasts and download it, of course. And it'll be on YouTube and social as well. And what I'll also do is provide uh, Taz's details. So, of course, you can reach out to her over LinkedIn and find out a bit more about State Zero Labs as well. Taz, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you.